0: How was your week? Good. I'm so glad to see you today in church. Can you hear me well? Yes. You don't have to understand me, just if you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you I've never seen before, you probably sense my accent. Uh, I live in Loma Linda area, and that's how we speak over there. <laughs> I was fortunate to be born in an atheist country. Why I was fortunate, because I think sometimes those things that meant to persecute you makes you a little bit more stronger. And uh, in my school, I was the only believer. Uh, And uh, school was on the Sabbath. Every Sabbath, you have to be in school. Six days per week was school. And so we were going to church and uh, I would miss the whole day of school and the teachers would schedule tests and exam and even final exams. And I would not be able to take them. So it was kind of a violation of freedom for us. And my parents would go to the principal and beg them for the teachers to schedule the exams on other days. I also would miss the lessons and of course coming back on Monday you miss the lesson on on Saturday and you can be in trouble because you didn't hear what the teachers said and assignments that they gave. Growing up in the Soviet Union in the Ukraine I was born in Kyiv in 1985 I was just 18 years old and I entered the mandatory service uh, of the Soviet army. And that was the year when we were still um, in Afghanistan. Fortunately for me, they didn't trust me enough to bear the arms when I said that I give my allegiance first to God and then to men. And I also said that I'm not going to kill anybody. Put me right in front as a medic and I will I will do my duty, and bring back wounded soldiers. But they didn't, didn't trust me enough, and I was serving in, in near Moscow, in Moscow, basically, in the capital of Soviet Union. I remember the first Sabbath, when I was so scared to stand up for my beliefs, when I was saying, I'm not going to go and dig trenches. I'm not going to go and build something. Um, I'm not going to go and do something. And I, I was the only one in my unit that believed in God. So coming to the United States in the 90s, seeing how many people believe in God and how much freedom we have makes you appreciate it so much. Because even right now as we speak, so many uh, people, millions of people do not have a freedom of religion. And today we are in such a wonderful, beautiful place. And behind the screen, uh, there is uh, pine trees and, 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 and wonderful air that we breathe here. So when we come here, the most blessing that we get is actually seeing how you trust God, how you believe, and the, the prayers, the beautiful prayer requests that you have makes me see how much you love people and care for people and how much you love God. I would like to speak to you, continue to speak to you about seven wonders of the world. And last time when I was here, you probably forgot even that I was here. (laughs) Uh, In 2007, more than 100 million people voted for wonders, new wonders of the world. Because the the ancient wonders of of the world, they were all destroyed except one, the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's still there. So the people said, we want to see the wonders of the world that exist today. And so among the hundreds of suggestions on the Internet, there was a poll, the the largest poll in history of mankind, because Internet. So people voted for seven wonders of the world, and... uh, One that made the list we covered last time was the statue of Christ the Redeemer in what country? Brazil, Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, the city. And it's overlooking the city with outstretched arms and the uh, distance distance between the arms is like 94 feet and it's also 97 feet high on the very high uh, mountain overlooking the city welcoming sinners and and visitors and welcomes people to Brazil we were discovering that the, the greatest wonder of, for us Christians it's actually Christ who is alive who is in heaven and who is involved in, in our lives every day in our prayers and prayer requests and he is listening and hearing us uh, right now so the other wonder of the world that was uh, made a list is the Great Wall of China. I've never been there, but I've seen a lot of pictures. Any, any of you been there? Wonderful. What, what is your impression? It was incredible. It just keeps going on forever and ever. I was eight, so I was pretty young, but it still So you still remember a lot of, from that trip? Yeah, I would like to make to all of them and uh, visit them. Speaking about walls, there are so many incredible things that people create. These are actually the um, uh, the, the kind of like the tiles that, it's rounded houses like that on the bottom, but uh, this is the structure very unique in Italy. From medieval time, we have a lot of walls that were built actually to protect the cities to protect the armies and citizens behind this is in warsaw and i will just show you quickly some other places oh this is uh, very dear to my heart uh, i was so scared of uh, um, communism and this actually traditionally is the picture of uh, if People speak about Soviet Union in those days, that was Kremlin, that's like White House for the United States, that's where the president is, and the parliament, and everybody else, except Russia even today, there is only one branch of power. Which is that? (laughs) Presidential. So we don't actually have democracy, so looks good, uh, but there is no democracy and uh, we don't have a freedom of speech uh, these are temples actually in in this behind these walls there are a lot of temples beautiful temples with those dom- domes covered with golds but the government just took them and and uh, took them for themselves why do people build walls what was the main Protection. They wanted to protect themselves. Okay. Many interesting designs, but mostly it was built for protection. Sometimes there is another function for walls, which is, and we see it in the Bible, a lot of it. What do walls do? Divide and separate us right and that's what I wanted to talk to you about speaking about the Great Wall of China they started building in this 7th century BC before Jesus Christ and first it was a smaller walls and then every dynasty would build up more and bigger walls Uh, about 200 years before Jesus Christ there was a dynasty um, Okay, this is a famous dynasty and, and, and emperor, Qian Qin Shi Wan. Anyway, it was disappeared, <laughs> and uh, he was uh, he was built uh, he built a lot of walls, but we don't have the remains of it. Maybe just a little bit left. Most walls that you would see today was built during uh, Ming Dynasty in the. Uh, 11 to 13, 14 centuries, and that's what you will see today. So what the walls were built for protection, that they would be able to take smaller troops and armies and defend large territories. So they would put, uh, uh, they would set up posts where uh, soldiers would be on duty and look after and the, the, when the, anim, uh, when, uh, the uh, uh, enemies would, would come closer, they would have to set up a fire. And so when there is a smoke and fire coming somewhere, that's where all of them would be rushing to to defend that side of the wall or that part of the wall. Uh, it doesn't click. So as you can see, a lot of walls, it's thinking a lot. Okay, a lot of walls were were built. Those that you can see today in existence, they're in red colors, those, those lines. Many of those walls that used to be there and were destroyed, it's this, the blue line. So basically China on the south, they wanted to protect themselves, especially from Mongols and Tatars. As you know, for centuries, uh, Mongols would come like Chinggis Khan. They would come, they would plunge the territory, take the money, the women, the children, and kill if necessary. And they would come in, in like millions. And so that's why China th- th- wanted to protect them, uh, their own country with walls. And it did work very well. Watchtowers, that's where they would put a few soldiers, and uh, they would be watching over and then set up uh, smoke, if necessary. So the walls is actually were used as roads, not just simply where you can walk, but it, they were used as roads so that people can quickly get from one place to another. That number that you see, thirteen miles, according to the survey today, one of the most technological survey, that's the number, the length of, of all the walls together, put together, would be 13,171 miles. If you would think about it, how does it compare to the United States and our borders? Because I remember it was a lot, we were talking about borders, putting walls there, So remember this number. United States, uh, between Canada and the United States we have about five and a half uh, thousand miles. And between Mexico and the United States we have almost 2,000 miles. So together it's seven, almost seven and a half uh, thousand miles. Comparing to the 13,000 something, it's less. So maybe China, we could ask China to help us out. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, all of those lines that you, if you combine all of them okay, okay. together, that would be the length of the wall. Of course, a lot of it was destroyed. It's, it's not like it exists today, but uh, it was there. And it's fortified with stones, with wood, that people could walk there and even horses can walk there, you know. It's It's very wide. Now let's go to the Bible and see how we can apply what we just uh, saw today in our human life. God says in the book of Ephesians, and if you would like to use your own Bibles, you're welcome, uh, your own versions that you have You can open your Bibles and say amen when you find Ephesians chapter 2. All right. Okay. What versions do you have? Revised Standard. Revised Standard. Very good. New King James. Good, good, good. Okay. Why don't you read your version? Wh- wh- whoever wants to read, go ahead. For he is our peace who have made those one and have broken down the middle wall of a partition between us. Okay. Who is our peace? It is. Not what is our peace or what makes us peaceful inside and out. But it is who is our... It's a person. Peace yeah. is a person. It's, it's not like good feeling or when you're just, just, just feeling great with yourself or with other people. But it is Christ that is called our peace. Wow. Who has made the two groups one? Apostle Paul observed that in Jerusalem in the temple there were partitions so if you are a Jew a man you will have court to yourself only men separately from women if you are a gentile like most of us today here are would be called gentiles we are not if you are not a Jewish person then you're a gentile so you would have a court separate from Jewish people, right? Right. And we actually have archeological discovery of the uh, piece of inscription in Hebrew, of course. For the court of Gentile, if you want to enter into the court where Jewish people are, uh, the, the punishment is, what do you think the punishment is? Death. You're going to be stoned. So uh, when Timothy crossed that line, and Apostle Paul was encouraging him to do that, that could have been punishable by, by death, young Timothy. So Paul knew about this partition, that Gentiles and Jewish people would never worship together. Separate courts with partitions, with walls. In the same temple? In the same temple. Yes. (laughs) Well, they would have different services, of course, for different services. Well, no, I don't think so. And most, uh, you know, time, uh, even like Muslims today, why do they go to the temple? It's not to hear necessarily sermons, it's to pray, to pray there. The reading of the scripture is usually was done where? In schools. How do we call those schools during Jesus' time? Synagogues. Synagogues. So most questions, most comments, commentaries, if somebody would make a comment, read the scripture, make a comment, it was done in synagogues. Temple was a place where they would sacrifice the animal. They would pronounce the blessings upon people and pray. There was a place for prayer. Now, these two groups can become one. Can husband and wife that don't have peace find peace, love? Can children that don't speak to their parents for years, can they find peace and love and become one again? How does it happen? If you look, what we read in the beginning was, if you have Jesus, you will have peace and you will become one. If you have Jesus, nothing can separate us from his love. And he and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. Who did it? It is Christ. Christ. So the walls in the Bible are those that divide us in so many different ways. Gentiles and Jewish people and then male, female, language barrier. It divides us sometimes, right? The way we grow up, the way our goals are, it divides us. 15, who wants to read 15 either from here or from, from your Bible? Fifteen and more. Go ahead. Okay so what do you see here is new nation new nation becomes in Christ one different new nation out of the two thus making peace and the next one 16 Okay, this version may be a little bit easier to read. By which he put to death their hostility, enmity, hostility. So what do we see here? In one body, in one body of the church where Christ is the head. That's what we come from different scriptures here, here, to reconcile both of them to God. And so Christ is reconciling us to God through the cross. Why is that necessary to reconcile us to God? Otherwise it will pass be possible it's not to Him. And we have different cultures, different ways of seeing things. So the only thing that really unite us is Him. That's right. And then sometimes we're missing this uh, we're speaking about music that can divide us, we can speak about how to pray, um, how to do Bible study, um, many things can divide us. Even, you know, when you start uh, painting the church, I've seen that. You know, what color? Yeah. And you give this th- th- give this question to the board, and you just wonder, why is that going for hours? Like, why are we talking for hours just about the color? <laughs> and my teacher in the seminary, he said, we were wondering about a lot of issues. And he said, think about the world as... It has many mountains. It's like questions and issues and and doctrines. There are many, many mountains. But he said there is only one mountain that is called Calvary. And that's the mountain we need to climb together. All the others we can differ. But one mountain, which is Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us, accepting it by faith, and we are saved. Our salvation was done already in the past. It's in the past. It's it's given to us for free. We are trying to work out salvation and earn it. We don't have to do that in one body to reconcile both of them to God. We need to be reconciled because sin and God cannot be together. How do we reconcile it? Through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. Some people say, oh, there are many way, ways to, to heaven. Well, then you have to throw away the Bible and, and use something else. Because the Bible speaks clearly. There is only one way to heaven. One way. It's a narrow way. 17, who wants to read it? You can read from here, anybody, or from your Bible. One spirit, one baptism, one faith, one body. But we are all coming from different backgrounds, different ways of life, and becoming one. That's the most incredible thing, wonderful thing about Christianity, that you take people that would never be together outside of Christ and become one in Christ. One spirit. This is a history that many of you probably only heard about, but I lived through that. Um, I went to Germany when there was still Berlin Wall standing. I saw the remains of it, of the Berlin Wall, because they were demolishing and it took years. Um, after the war, Germany was divided bet- between France, uh, United States, and British, or English people, or Britain. Berlin was also divided. The capital was divided to East Germany and West Germany. Uh, three zones, was, it was divided between the Allies, uh, French people, I mean... France, uh, Britain, and United States. And it became democratic country. Then uh, the Eastern Bloc was dominated by the Soviet Union and communism. And they were building socialism. Socialism is the first step, and then the next is communism. So Berlin Wall was built in 1961. What was the purpose? To stop people crossing over so and living. It? It? That's the wall? the wall. Yeah, and uh, basically the soldiers on the other side, on the eastern side, had they, they actually had a zone bet- between two walls where no man could go, and so the soldiers would shoot you, shoot you with guns, by guns, if you are there. More than, uh, than 100,000 people wanted to cross. Only 5,000 crossed. And about 200, more than 200 people were shot to death. In 1961, it was erected. And as you can see on this, um, on this map, th- that's Berlin, that's the capital. They gave them freedom, and, and, and they actually helped them to rebuild Germany. Uh, and so that's why Germany did so well economically. Uh, but the Russian sector was really poor. You cross the, the, the country, at I, I mean the, the borders, and you're like in a third world, world country, like a very poor country, poor cars, poor people and yet they were brainwashed by the government of course socialist government that we are the best and we are doing the best when you don't know the difference and plus the fear when they would if you start questioning you can be put in prison for that in jail or jail wow. it was barbed wired and uh, electricity also was there so To cross it was not very easy. You remember probably, some of you remember this year, on June 12, 1987, uh, Ronald Reagan actually uh, went to Germany and uh, he was outside in front of the famous gate in Germany and he made this speech um, and he said, Mr. Gorbachev, who was the president of the Soviet Union, Mr. Gorbachev uh, opened the gate, and Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. And it did happen very soon after that, in in a few years. In 1989, in November, the wall started going down. And just a couple of months before that, uh, there was a man who was crossing this uh, this, wall. And he got shot and so badly that his leg was amputated. He lost his leg. And then, like, four or five months later, they started tearing down the wall. And somebody asked him, what would you do it if you would, would have known that in four months we will tear down, start tearing down the wall and you can freely go now? And he said, but I was free for four months. You know, when you're not free, freedom is very, very important. Now Ephesians, uh, let's read this text one more time. Between us. We do have walls sometimes. Between people we have walls. And we're not talking about fences that we build or houses that we build. We're talking about walls that separates our relationship from one another. Uh, when, when you're talking about God that um, God and sinners cannot be together, that's not true. God and sinners are together. We just don't have relationship with God when we are sinning. But He is not far away. He's, he's right there, right here, by you. Calling you, come home, give your heart to me, and you will have peace. I don't know if you have peace right now with, within your family, friends, relatives. If you have peace, then you have Christ. If you have Christ, you have peace. And Christ, what Christ is doing here, breaking down the walls of partition, and I want to end with this, there were two brothers. They were farmers next to each other for 40 years. They lived in peace and harmony. One day it started from something small, the quarrel, but it became so big, major. They started uh, calling each other bad names and then they stopped talking to one another. Then A person was passing by the village, a carpenter, and he stopped by one of the brothers, and he said, do you have a small job? Maybe I can earn a little bit of money. And he said, yeah, I want you to build a wall between me and my brother's farm. And there was, between the brother's farms, there was a little creek, beautiful creek. And he said, put... The wall right by the creek, so he would never be able to get through. Creek and then wall. And I will pay you. So the carpenter found out a little bit more about what's going on between the fathers. And he said, I'm going to build you exactly what you are asking, what you need. So the farmer went to the market, was spent there the whole day. He comes home and he sees what he cannot believe. Instead of the wall, the carpenter, the carpenter built a bridge between two lands across the creek. And he gets so mad, he wants to tell the carpenter how he feels, and he sees his brother on the other side going toward him with outstretched arms, with a smile. And from far away, he he's calling his name. And he said, Forg- "Forgive me." I I thought, I thought I would never be friends with you. But what you did here, you build a bridge, so we can now even be see see each other more often. Yeah. And they hugged in the middle of the bridge, and had tears coming down. And they looked at the carpenter and they said, stay with us. We have more projects. And he said, I would love to stay, but I have more bridges to build. And that's Jesus Christ who is doing this job right now. And one text is here which is important. It's sin that separates us and God. That's our wall, according to Isaiah. Isaiah. And Paul knew that it's hard. It's not easy to destroy, to smash down the walls. And he said, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live in peace with all men. So it is our job when we have something against one another, our job is to do whatever is possible to live in peace. You can have enemies. But don't answer your enemies the same way. It it never helps. You would be in peace first. You have to have peace in you. You cannot just simply start loving your enemies without Jesus. Jesus is the peace, and He's our love, unconditional love. Seek peace and pursue it. And in Revelation seven, it's our future. After this, I beheld and lo, great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. All nations. And also the word "all" is for kindreds. It's groups, kindreds. It's a, you know, kind group. So, I am looking at this text and I am thinking. There will be only, only Adventists in heaven, according to this text, right? Yeah. No, it says all nations and all groups, all kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne of God. You know, it's so, so amazing to think that God loves us no more or no less than he loves Hitler. It's hard to believe. It's, to believe. I, it's not for me. I cannot do that. But to think that maybe at the last moment of life, dictator who, who is responsible for millions came to Jesus, and I will see him. Hopefully, I will be there. I will see him in heaven. I need to have the love of Jesus to look at everybody with love, and I need it now. And sometimes you hear jokes. Uh, people say, um, let's, let's do Baptist, it's easier for us. Uh, they believe that they're going to be in heaven. And uh, when the Baptist person is there, uh, an angel brings him and he says, uh, be quiet. This is a Baptist group here. Be quiet because they think they're only one in heaven. Because it's going to be definitely people from all kinds of walks and beliefs But those who had relationship with God, those who had peace or Christ in them are going to be in heaven. And they're going to be clothed with white robes. What are your walls? Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful... Thing that we watch today, one of the wonders of the world. The war, the wall of separation, the wall of, wall of sin. You smashed it down. You broke it in pieces. Amen. And we are here because we want to have peace. We want to have you. Please bless each one of us today as we continue our daily life. Give us Your healing hand, whoever needs to be healed physically or spiritually, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.